0: On Indigenous People's Day, yes. Uh, shout out to basically anyone that's not Christopher Columbus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm gonna be honest, I'm I'm pretty tired uh, because I made the ludicrous decision uh, that I do a, you know roughly a dozen times every October, which is to get sucked into a playoff baseball <laughs> game and wind up staying up until what feels like six o'clock in the morning. Yeah
1: and And sometimes it is pretty close to that. I, I think that <laughs> the true. game you're referring to is was it game two of the Yankees Astros series, which, yes, started at eight p m and then ended a shade under five hours later.
0: That is correct.
1: They must have played like sixteen innings, right?
0: Nope, a tight eleven.
1: Ah, that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Uh, I mean, baseball is kind of our our entree into this this today, but but uh, you know, for me, it's bigger than that because there was there was quite, I guess, an exciting game last week, wasn't there? Uh,
0: what? Or, I mean, I I guess you're referring to the Nats in some way or another.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, exciting in that Clayton Kershaw played himself in a in a uh, <laughs> in 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 his reappearing cameo role.
0: Well, okay, but there was also an actually exciting game uh, last week, which was the Mystics winning the WNBA championship, oh, which was really yeah. cool. Um, yeah, but, and uh, uh, frankly, I'm I'm surprised. I'm a little surprised that you are not uh, injecting all of this nighttime sports into your veins to fill the gaping void that's been left in your life by uh, the the good old private equity wangs at great hill or whoever it is that owns oh yeah the the gizmodo properties shutting down splinter
1: yeah that there's just i think as an objective minded person in this case i'd have to i'd have to say that in the year lead up to an election uh, a big, big election. Some, some may say the biggest election in, in the history of this democracy. Uh-huh. You'd think you'd want to keep if you had a a part of your media business. If you had a politics website, you'd think you'd want to keep that because people are going to be going to that a lot. But
0: then again, well, the, I am not. The obvious counterpoint to that is that if you are a many, many millionaire in the field of private equity and you happen to own a website that has uh, published, or a group of websites that has published, some not so flattering articles about yes. the world of private equity. Uh, the only logical conclusion is to swiftly shut it down. Mm-hmm. Specifically and, and about how people out of a job.
1: Specifically, not not just the general public private equity, but your particular brand of private equity and how you are not the adults in the room, right? Um, which yeah nothing nothing is sacred anymore nothing is safe digital media is is a hellscape that that seems to rarely work i mean we've only been doing this for like 20 years you know 25 years and it rarely works i mean sports illustrated also kind of folded last week and i think there's another uh entity, I mean the Atlantic now you only get five articles a month before it's not free, not to say the Atlantic is owned by private equity well but... that one I
0: don't have a that one I'm not sure I have a problem with because frankly people need to be okay with the idea that the internet or the internet may be free, but information isn't necessarily free, and especially information that takes a lot of resources to provide like the Atlantic is doing really good reporting and that requires lots of people that requires reporters to spend a lot of time and frankly sometimes money on you know reporting out stories it requires yeah. editors to help shape that whole process it requires money f- to build websites and all of that stuff so, like I, you know I, i'm biased as someone who is currently jumping off the rescue boat onto the titanic uh uh-huh. in, in hopes of finding (laughs) career fulfillment and happiness uh but like it's i I think it's pretty there's a lot of stuff out there that you haven't been paying for for a long time that is worth money and the people that are giving you that thing need the money to be able to keep giving you the thing so like yeah if you can if you can swing it it's not a not a bad deal like it it's it's worth it to to be informed like I don't know, I pay for the New York Times, the New York Times used to be sort of functionally free on the internet, but if you want what they provide like it's kind of a huge operation. you might have to help support it a bit,
1: yeah, which <clears throat> you know all of that is to say, come, come hither and listen to us, tell you how to run run your business, <laughs> which is which is kind of which is pretty appropriate and I think Splinter is a good example too of of this particular pain that I, I am currently experiencing as, as the nationals um, you know, progress in the, in the playoffs and, and, and almost for, in some ways, almost in a moment there uh, UVA was maybe doing too well at the footballing, (laughs) but um, it's this. So, so I should give some background the nationals until last week in their existence, which uh, the current existence is I don't know probably 15 years or so like um that. they they've won their division four or five times and mm-hmm. each time they lost in the first playoff round that they played yes um and so I'm used to that and it's not it's not so different than you know for a long time what the caps did every year which is losing when they're supposed losing before they're supposed to and what the wizards do a lot of years which is uh losing. Maybe when they're supposed to, but just overachieving enough to be like, wow, you know, you could do better, but but you just kind of flop. And sure. not that I am a Washington football fan, but they also seem to do that, which is uh, they have all these resources they should do better than, than they do. Um, and so the Nationals kind of, in a lot of ways to my chagrin, uh, won a playoff series last week. And what I kind of need help with is is that that bothered me because (laughs) kind of like kind of like the private you know equity goons i feel like they are an organization that is not run properly and could be run a lot better and so this kind of uh you know affirmation in terms of winning, I think is wrong because I don't want them to quote unquote win that way. And it's, 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 I don't know if it's particular to Washington because we have so much just dysfunction and I'm talking about the sports, but you can apply it to the whole city. (laughs) This is the only city I've known. Uh, But it's, it's really hard because I feel like I know better than than Rizzo or or until recently Grunfeld over at the Wizards, and I won't accept winning the way
0: that they win. So we should stipulate, first off, that you don't you don't know better. Uh, no matter no matter how much you think you might, you you don't. Uh, if you were to be put in Mike Rizzo's place and turn out to lead the nationals to better organizational results it would almost certainly be due to a truly staggering amount of luck uh yeah but uh, this i i do, i really don't think this phenomenon it well this phenomenon is plainly not unique to you or to washington sports fans i mean there's a whole there's a whole last term for it it's called armchair quarterbacking yeah it's an it's a cottage industry. Half of the people that are involved in the sports media are their their job title really could just be replaced with armchair quarterback.
1: Well, I mean, it was, but then ESPN and Sports Illustrated fired all those cuz they wanted former players who were talking
0: heads. But I I those I people are exactly armchair quarterbacks. I'm I don't, I don't. Oh
1: I I, th- I think of more like the the type that, you know, writes everything down and is more analytical cuz I I like to think of and this is the term that I kind of used uh I forget what the term I used before we we got on which was, you know, an enlightened an enlightened fan. You know, I'm not just <laughs> I I am not just saying, "Oh, I you know, I used to play football, so this is the way you do it. Or, I used to play baseball, this is the way you do it." I'm saying, you know, this is how other organizations are run and you're not looking at this and you're not Thinking about the
0: market, I yes. I, I really you yeah. you have spent you've spent years you've put in the time really digging deep and analyzing the managerial approaches of all of these sports franchises to enlighten yourself. Uh, yeah, you haven't done that at all. Uh, but no. it it's it is the same. I mean, this phenomenon isn't even unique to sports. I mean, it's it's backseat driving. The, yeah, everyone likes to think. That they they know better it it's It's sort of the old uh, it, it's it's almost a corollary of the old uh, success no know many knows many fathers, failure is an orphan maxim, yeah. which is to say that when failure happens, there are a lot of people who want to step in and say, "I could do better." Uh, yeah, and I, I think that to a certain extent, it's kind of natural uh we we love to overinflate our own abilities um i'm i'm curious is this something that you've uh always felt
1: um i think that i, I uh, so i think with the wizards yeah i felt i felt it you know pretty much the since Gilbert Arenas was was signed to his his, his deal, his basically the big deal. Uh-huh. Um and and keep in mind that the general manager who did that continued to be the general manager for I think at least ten years afterwards. Um and you mentioned the the success as many fathers failure as an orphan well, I think that's the weird thing for me is I don't want to to be the sire of this success. I, I, I kind of – and that's where the weirdness comes in is you think, OK, maybe you, you poke holes here and there. But to say, no, I don't want this success from this, this source, I don't think it's OK. But I, yeah, I think I felt that way for a long time. And before – when I was younger, I was a really big Caps fan. And same, same owner as the wizard, or franchisee as the Wizards, um, Ted Leonsis, he kept his GM around for forever. And I remember being pretty young, and they traded away a player that was Peter Bondra that was beloved. And I was actually doing this, we were doing this thing there the day, and we were supposed to it was pre-planned and the, the general manager was supposed to be there and he didn't show up that day and said, sit the assistant in part because he had done this trade and knew the PR <laughs> backlash. Now at that time, it's hard to go back and look, you know, it's hard to go back and look now um, and say like, Oh, you know, that was actually a, probably a good trade on the value. Cause it was a hockey trade in probably the early two thousands. I-, I wasn't paying that close attention, but that, that kind of undercurrent has always Kind of been there for me, which is as these Washington teams that I'm a fan of succeed, you know, am I am I okay with the way they're doing it? I, I mean, there were plenty of games that that UVA won. Okay, maybe that was just one season, but you know, Mike London and his clock mismanagement and almost wasting away a game. I mean, UVA did it earlier this year when uh with Florida State when we just vomited all over ourselves with you know personal personal foul penalties in the last play of the game we should have won going away. Uh-huh. It's this I see what's going on and even if we win I don't want to win that way, which sounds very
0: cardinal cardinalian. Uh it it does, uh but more importantly, uh you you called that enlightened fandom and I yeah. I would argue that doesn't sound like fandom at all. That sounds like uh being a an observer. Not so much a fan. Yes. Uh, B a snob, and mm-hmm. C uh, ridiculous. Uh, yeah. So it, there's a lot. And that's of, th- it. Goes to I, I think part of this is that as you start to lay claim to somehow being enlightened uh, in in how you observe and take in sports there there's a kind of a necessary condition there which is that you are enlightened and other people are not and so that's how you start getting into galaxy brain shit like the hinky process yeah uh and when something like that happens a lot of people tell on themselves really quickly and make it clear that they're actually not rooting for the team uh and they're they're kind of not fans look sports are an entertainment product and things like the process are built around a planned period of just utter contempt for the idea that you are an entertainment business uh I, i don't i don't know if you remember the team that the Sixers put out on the floor in, I think, like 2013 or so that won nine games uh, and was just utterly reprehensible. They did what the Dolphins did before the start of this season where they started trading away anyone that wasn't nailed down, just like anything of value. We're going to light it on fire. Uh, And when you start rooting for that, uh, I, I think you expose yourself as someone who is... Uh, being pro management at the expense of players, I mean, fandom is fanaticism. You should mm-hmm. want the team. To, fanaticism is not concerned with process. Fanaticism is concerned with results, with outcome. Win is a win. Just win, baby. Yeah,
1: and I feel like in in the UK and other places where they they have soccer teams, you're you're more of a supporter. And I think in some ways. That's the question that I'm asking is, am I really a fan if I'm doing this? And maybe by extension is the way I'm treating it, because I've certainly thought about it before, is is almost patriarchal or patriarchal in that. I am treating the team like a child, which is, you know, I want you to grow up big and strong, but I want you to learn first that this is not the way you do it. Learning by failure, even if there is success in that failure.
0: Sort of, and and it's also that you are you are willing to you are willing to punish the players because of disagreements with the management. That's a, I think that's a pretty significant problem. Mm-hmm. I, look, those those supporters are fanatics, no doubt about it. There is yeah, no Those people are fucking lunatics. In a wonderful way a lot of the time. Uh, but there I don't think there are that many people who are, say, Chelsea fans who are are out there saying, you know, I, I really I'd prefer that, that Chelsea lose because I just I don't I don't want Roman Abramovich to have the satisfaction. Like that's that's a crazy town, to me at least. That's yeah. a crazy town way to think about sports. Well, then especially a team that you nominally love. So
1: here's here's a question, um, because uh, this is a thing that can happen in American sports, but not so much one where there's punishment for doing poorly because we don't have that. So the Dolphins or the Wizards uh, or or even the Nationals, if they do really if they do really badly. There's actually good that can can come of it. You can you can get a higher draft pick, um. So you can you can tank and accumulate those. Whether or not that works, you know, once for one season, maybe it, maybe it maybe it helps or or something like that in certain circumstances where you know you just you gotta gut it. But but there in in that type of where there's actual punishment for being bad, which. You know, on every other instance with, with justice and everything, you do bad, there is some kind of punishment uh, in jobs, whatever the case may be. But there, if you want your team to do worse and be run properly, well, there's an incentive for them to be run properly anyways because otherwise they're going to get, you know, kicked to a lower division. Well, as, Whereas, yes. yeah.
0: as we know, European sports are ruthlessly capitalist while American sports are borderline communist. Uh, oh. we've discussed this before we talked about it yes <laughs> the communist is is pushing it but they are they're clearly there are socialist elements of controlling the marketplace and 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 redistribution of wealth so to speak but the real thing that it comes down to I think is that you know I, I understand that there are some sort of perverse incentives to do if you're not going to do really well to do really poorly. Mm -hmm. But that also, that assumes another crazy thought, which is that any one team over a sustained period of time uh, is going to be able to beat the market consistently, as it were. And so it's just, you're, you're hoping you're hoping for lottery tickets at that point. When you, when you start rooting for the tank, when you start rooting for I want us to lose or at least I don't want us to win this way, you mm-hmm. are, it's a paradox to me because you're then putting faith in an organization that you're already saying, you're suggesting that you don't have faith in. You're putting faith in them to do it right. But you already don't think they can do it right, so this whole this whole process seems a bit bananas to me.
1: Yeah, I, I I don't know. It it ends up. I think the 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 point I'm coming in from with you know I don't think they can do it right. It's it's more. So that you have resources available to you, and you're not allocating them them properly i and I think the nationals are a prime example because I think they have old players who who play for nothing, and then you have young players where they're really taking advantage of them making essentially minimum wage in in the game
0: sure, but that's also you know it's you're also hunting not just for cheap players but cheap players that are going to do really well mm. and you know there there's a pretty stark difference in basketball where there are only 60 draft slots in a given year and there in most classes it seems like there are one or two guys that are are kind of marked as this guy can't miss and is going to be really good where the you know the NFL draft has 250 slots or whatever with all the compensatory picks and supplemental picks and yeah. and all that stuff And frankly even at the top of the draft it's just like it's kind of a crapshoot you may you may get rookie Baker Mayfield you also may get second-year Baker Mayfield Um, Mm -hmm. you may may get Daniel Jones Uh, and and so you're it's one thing to say you're getting more resources but again You're taking an organization that you already feel isn't properly allocating those resources and you're saying we should give you more resources to allocate incorrectly. I mean, look, you shouldn't be in my perspective, you shouldn't be rooting for the Nationals not to win because you don't want Ted Lerner and Mike Rizzo to have success. You, I mean, you should be just hoping for them to hoping for learner to sell the team.
1: Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's an, that's an idea until you get somebody who treats it, I don't know, like a private equity place or treats it like the, the Rays. And, you know, I don't think that they're applying like some Billy bean style application of this. Cause I've heard of some of these players. I just know them from five years ago or 10 years ago, or I expect them to be good in five years on a different team. Um, but I think maybe I, as we've talked about this, I think that what I'm really hoping for is is an extreme. And my frustration is that even when they succeed a little bit, like they went around a in the playoffs, I know that they're not going to win the World Series. So it's like, you know, you could have built a a better team and maybe gone for that, or just not even. Pulled my heartstrings by getting to the playoffs and then come out somehow falling short. So you either want you don't want, and what the Wizards do have, have did for so many years, which is they are they don't make the lottery, but then they lose early in the playoffs. So it's like, what are you going to do at that 20th pick that you traded to the Sun so that you could have you know a morai on a rental or something?
0: But you what know, were they, it's but just, what were they going to do at the 12th pick? They were going to pick Nick Young. They did that. That's a thing that happened. He might have been thirteenth yeah. or eleventh or something like that. But like, yeah. you know, you're, you're at that point. Well, they you're also saying, picked yours. At that point, you're now advocating for if the wizards aren't going to make a really deep playoff run, they might as well tank.
1: Well, if you, so if you keep if you do basically if you do basically the the. I was going to say Bobcats, but the Charlotte Bobcats Hornets every year in finish and you get the eighth seed or the 17th and you bounce out of the playoffs really quickly every year. It, there's no hope. There's no hope in that. And I think the thing that makes uh, sports a lot of fun is, is that. That hope that things will get better, or the ecstasy of of winning at all, and oh. so it's unreasonable for me to maybe want either of those things' because <laughs> they're hard to get to but which is fanaticism in a way, but man, being like just good enough to be better than the pack but not good enough to be one of the best ones, that is so frustrating
0: i un I understand oh, it's frustrating, I agree uh, uh look the the scenes went. Seven and nine for I, I want to say it was only like four years, but it felt like fourteen years in a row. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it it is no fun, but like I, I'm pretty confident that at no point did I think, man, I really wish they were two and fourteen. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, and and in some cases, it's it's unreasonable. It's unreasonable to want, you know to get to the position where you get the ray of hope that comes in having a high draft pick like the the slurs are gonna have a top five draft pick i mean that's an abysmal team they almost lost to the miami dolphins the just barely best high school football team in the state of florida like they're gonna pick high but why on earth would anyone actually have any hope that that is going to lead to improvement? The team is still run by Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen. Like that hope is unreasonable. So if you're going to have unreasonable hope for something, I just, I think you might as well have unreasonable hope for wins.
1: Yeah. And it also comes to this, and this is something that we haven't said yet, but, what I'm really kind of hoping for is, because it's mostly general managers, is someone to lose their job because I think they should be fired, and I know that's a thing that people do on sports radio all the time. That's a bad thing. It's that's it's a, a very bad thing. I mean, it's a
0: bad thing. We've spent all we've spent nigh on four years with you seeking to impose your own draconian views on the rest of the world. Well, usually there is not a position
1: created for the czardom that, that I am promoting. So I wouldn't be right, kicking anyone out. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, usually I'm just trying to help people with, with crossing the street and stuff so you don't get run over by a bike that has a red light. But um, I think that's that's fine. And there's no, like, like traffic crossings uh, czar or, or whatever. But, yeah, I... <sighs> saying that this general manager that general manager should should lose their job that's that's not that's not a good way to go about things suggesting that hey you know what don't draft jan vesely i think that you should maybe trade the pick or you know what just just don't pick anyone just
0: (laughs) do, do what i did when i was in middle school and send letters to the you know send letters to your team with people that you think they should draft that's fine
1: well, I'm not entirely sure Bruce Allen can read, so that wouldn't work in that circumstance.
0: Oh, whew. Uh, yeah. okay. Uh, I mean, I, I think it sounds like you've announced your intention to run for the imaginary position of Washington Sports Czar. Is that see is that true? if you could?
1: Well, you know, no, because I, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to have to be responsible for DC sports. That's you know, that's that's no fun. As as we discussed this past weekend. Then you have to go to Nationals Park all the time, and that is just not a pretty, pretty stadium. <laughs> I know that's, that's a controversial view, but y- you could have done better. Uh, family that made all of their money in building buildings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. That's probably a good place to wrap on this topic. So uh, if you, you have thoughts, come find us on Facebook or Twitter at pretty okay Pod, and let us know what you think. Uh, we will move on now, as we do. to pierces. Sorry, what are you apologizing for today?
1: Um, so I we may have delved into this before, uh, on on a pod in an apology before, but uh, I so I got my flu shot, which uh, people should do. Yes, um, those are good; they they work. Um Mom, I stop.
0: promise I'm going to get mine soon. I promise.
1: Yep, you get them early, or they run out. And um, <clears throat> it's it's one of the more altruistic things that we can do because yes. it it does help you, but it's for other people and people that are at risk and and might not, in my case, have the time or have the funds to get a flu shot. Yes. So what I'm apologizing for is 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 really to to everyone in our in our you know in America trying to get healthcare because I called my. Um, my health insurer, because I got my bill for going to the doctor for about five minutes, eh, maybe 10 minutes, um, seeing a doctor for 10 minutes, and then getting a flu shot administered. And uh, I looked at the bill and had to call and got very upset because they were really unable to explain to me how they only covered $50 of the $90 flu shot with administration. And they ended up explaining to me that that, well, we take it down so that the rate for the flu shot is actually $50. So that $80 you see on there is not actually, or $90 is not actually how much it cost. And I pointed to previous bills I got and how that doesn't really make sense because of the the cover rate for the exact same thing in the exact same year. And they couldn't really answer me on why it was the way it was. And so I just... And, like, I, I could afford it, which I'm really fortunate in that, but it shouldn't be that hard to go to the doctor and get a flu shot. You shouldn't be confused about the services that you're getting or why your bill is the way you are. and you know, it's really unfortunate that people are taking advantage. I mean, I had, I also had the opportunity to call and I could get clarification. A lot of people, they would just have to accept that because they don't have time to make that call and be on hold and wait for someone to tell you why the bill is the way it is for a thing that's preventative care. So it really upset me and it makes me recognize my, my fortune and privilege. And I'm really sorry for all the people that you know, don't go get flu shots because of how confusing that experience was
0: okay we pulled it back there it was pulled it back there there was there was definitely he- heading towards a direction of there not really being an apology for anything but but yes i, I think i think we ended it in a nice place counts <laughs> it counts <laughs> uh so we'll close the show with a big idea from pop culture and uh Chase Serrano's back. He's got another book out. It's called Movies and Other Things. Uh, And I'm currently... I'm looking over at it on my coffee table. I haven't had a chance to start reading it yet, but maybe I'll do it tonight. Uh, I just... It's... I'm I'm a grad student now. I'm not working the same job I was before that while I felt underpaid certainly paid me significantly more than I make now. Uh, But... I, I really, I wanted to get this book anyway because I think it's important to support people who you think do really good work, and frankly, uh, he, he spends so much time paying it forward to other people. I it just it's it's hard not to support the guy. He's he's the best. He's so funny. He's incredibly thoughtful. He gave away free books he gave away just gobs and gobs of money in the weeks leading up to the release uh it just he's one of those people that you want to see win and so i'm uh I- i'm glad i did what little part in that i could uh and hopefully you do too uh if you haven't read his other books the rap year book or basketball and other things they're both excellent you should read them and you should read movies and other things too all right, that is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty okay Pod, or at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to the feed on your device and app of choice. Uh, if you do that, please do us a favor, leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing, hopefully a good one. Uh, or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share what we're doing with them as well. We'll be back again next week, as always, to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce.